0: What's up Fight Fan, you are listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Sunday, May 15th, 2022, and this week's episode, Light Heavyweights Deliver. We'll be talking about UFC Vegas 54, obviously the 205 pound matchup between former champion Jan Blahovic and Alexander Rokic, as well as the highlights from the undercard. We'll talk about the latest in MMA news. Bellator has a new interim champion, but it did not come without some controversy, as well as the announcement that we could have an interim title for the flyweight division in the UFC. Finally, we'll cap it off by talking about the upcoming bantamweight fight in, at UFC Vegas 55, Holly Holm taking on Ketlin Vieira. My name is Gabriel Gonzalez, and I'm here with my co-host, Natalie Zamudio.
1: Hello, Double G. How you doing? How you doing,
0: man? I am good. You know, it's fully spring, you know, the weather's kind of still fizzling out, you know, is it hot one week, cold another week, but, uh, you know, the plants are blooming and everything, so (laughs) I'm feeling like that, how about you?
1: Pretty good, Um, I'm excited tonight, I don't know if you're going to try to check it out, the blood moon, the total lunar eclipse is going to be hitting our skyline uh, in a few hours, and uh, it's going to look cool, it's going to be a big red moon, it's safe to look at with the naked eye, so...
0: I Should have seen it. I've I've seen it. I think I've just never stayed awake or gotten myself early and up early enough. So I will definitely look to try that out. I will keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, Natalie. Uh, f- full weekend of MMA. We had a uh, uh, the Friday Saturday. You know, two for one weekend in mixed martial arts. So let's start it from the top. Obviously, last night the light heavyweight uh fight between Jan Blahovich and Alexander Rakic. Uh, Natalie, I gotta say, Rockage looked fantastic to start that fight, um, I know that he obviously was going in, he had to answer for just, I'll say it, the dud against Tiago Santos, and I, you could tell that the commentators had hinted at it, that like, hey, you know, they had heard from Rockage, you know, the the poor reception they received on their part, so you know he was feeling it from the fans. He was moving well. I liked how he was using his full arsenal, going for kicks, using his height, reach, tried to mix in some takedowns that didn't get going really until the second round. And you know Blahovic is dangerous. You know he's got the Polish power and all that. But watching him fight, just watching him be a more stationary target, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was starting to really get away from him there a little bit. You see the cut in the eye, and that starts to become a factor. Jan just looked like, it, you could tell he was purposefully being more conservative and just looking to really unload with that really heavy shot, something that was going to do damage. And Rakic took a lot of it. Well, he got he ate a few big shots from Blahovic. Second round, a little more exchanges, but Git takes it to the ground just makes Blahovich work off of his back Jan did a good job didn't take heavy damage but the fact is he was forced to defend several minutes and then that end of the fight in the third round they get going Rocket shirts his knee that's it Jan Blahovic is the winner um obviously a lot to talk about with the outcome I'd like your thoughts on the fight though because I think that that one was plenty entertaining for as long as it lasted
1: yeah, it was definitely a good fight. There was a lot of... Uh, there was good back and forth. And then, yes, as you pointed out, round two was pretty much rockage once he took Blahovic down. But Dominic Cruz, you know, double shout out here for really identifying the leg kicks for this fight and for the um, the Davy Grant-Louis Smoke fight, which we'll talk about soon. But uh, Blahovic was, was just throwing those leg kicks more. Uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say more, but he was he was receiving some and checking rockage's kicks <coughs> excuse me and um i'm going to take a little break here hang on a second
0: go ahead have a sip of water but no I, I, as you get that i i do agree with you dominic cruz had a very good night at the office i'll put it like that um i think that uh, also i appreciate that he said right on the air to rockage it's like rockage when you go to in for your surgery patella tendon don't let them graph it. And I thought that that was a very big thing, obviously. I mean, you tell me a fighter outside of possibly Tony Ferguson who's had a better recovery from his, um, you know, taking a knee injury and having to have a procedure. So I'm with you there. Um, as you, you know, I know Natalie, I think she's getting a sip of water. I know she's had a bit of a cough. But yeah, I, I think that... um to talk about that, uh, just real quick for Rockage I will say that um, obviously speedy recovery. I think that just take your time. But once again, I just want to reiterate, he had a great, great, um, great showing for himself for as long as that lasted. And I believe Natalie's back. I'll tell to her. Yes, I yeah. think.
1: Just a cough. Got some water. I'm good. So, um, yeah, the, the thing was, a couple of things were interesting and, and kind of gruesome. The... You could see the leg was getting beat up. The rocket's leg was getting beat up. He wasn't checking the kicks. And, you know, I, 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 I'm going to spoiler alert. I knew ahead of time that that's what ended the fight. I watched it. I didn't watch it live. And so I kept thinking as I'm watching this, oh, it's going to be the leg that's getting kicked repeatedly. It was all lumpy and swollen. But, of course, as you, as we all know, it was the right leg. And I think because he was overcompensating so much from the pain uh, and the shock of receiving the impact on that left leg just put too much pressure, too much strain on the right leg, and something popped. Uh, you know, I'm usually down to see some gruesome replays, but I felt like the production team and the commentary team went a little bit overboard there on, on the slow-mo replay of, uh, of the busting of the ACL or whatever the heck it was that popped on poor Rockage. So um, I feel like usually they don't they don't dig so deep on those. But in any case, it I was think tough.
0: because we don't have the bone break, they felt a little more liberty because yes, like I you could tell right. like Jan was talking and they'd have it in like the post show, like playing behind them. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but guys, we get it.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, let's just move on, guys. Uh, so that was tough. And it, and it it sucks because you think about how you set this up right now, which is Rockage had a dud previously. He wanted to come in and show everybody, put on a show, show everybody what he could do. And I think he was just being a little too tough for his own good thinking he could eat those leg kicks and not realizing that it was, it was going to end up creating a bigger problem for him. You know, think about Conor McGregor eating those leg kicks. Now he already came in with an injury, but you eat too many leg kicks. And just when you think you can, just when you think you you, you know, you're able to push past the pain of it, something pops literally, figuratively, like something has to give. And that's what happened to Rockage. So, you know, it's a fine win for Blahovitch. Like, you know, it counts as a TKO, and I think that's fair. You know, he caused the damage that led to the chain reaction that busted Rakic's other leg, so that's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, but you, you know Rakic is sitting there kicking himself, thinking, wow, man, if I had just been a little bit more cautious, I could have still won the fight or at least made it, a, a, you know, at least extended a little bit longer without injuring myself uh so that's a tough one for him we'll see how long it's going to take for him to bounce back
0: yeah um he did mention on instagram i guess he had a similar injury happen about three weeks ago in camp and just look this is a big fight this arguably could have got him a title shot and he felt he could fight through it he was doing exactly that well like you said um yeah uh obviously look We'll find out where he's at, procedure, layoff, everything. But he is still in the mix, and I hope the UFC does, you know, reward him as such when he comes back, Um, whether it be late this year or next year. Uh, let's talk about Jan Blachowicz. So, not the way you want it to go, and I will admit this does crack the door open a little bit. Because I will say that out of the contenders coming up, he's still got the biggest name and best resume you know, considering Magomed and have eh, taken on Anthony Smith July 30th, I want to say is the date on that fight. So, when you're talking about who's next for the light heavyweight championship after Glover and Jiri, Blahovich is right there. Now, obviously, you know, when we get all said and done next month, what's the excitement level going to be, possibly, for Glover and Jan? Because then that opens the door for a Magomed or Smith to really sneak in there, particularly if they just come out and look fantastic. Particularly if Magomed's the one to get it, because Magomed obviously hasn't fought uh, Glover or Jiri. So that really opens the door. If Jiri Prohashka wins the belt, we've already talked about this. Viking energy to the max, Blahovich versus Prohashka. I don't want to talk about anybody else. That's what I want to see on my television. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um. Outside of that... um. And Galev, he's got to really look good against Anthony Smith to steal a shot. I also think the same for Anthony Smith, to be honest. I know he was on a bit of a skid. Uh, regardless of what you think of where this one was possibly going for Blahovic, uh, the fact is he gets the win and he bounces back with only one loss after losing the belt. So I do think that those guys really got to show out. But Blahovic is in a great position. And I think it really just depends on how it all plays out. And obviously we'll revisit this conversation in about a month about who we think will be next. But um yeah, I'll toss it to you on that one. Do you see anything that you might want to see uh next for Blahovich in that whole title picture?
1: No, I think I, I like I like what, what sort of naturally developed on its own. You know, Glover Chesharab tweets it out there. I think Bisping even brings it up to Jan in the cage. And so, like, Glover's just a cool dude, and he's like, hey, you know, I got this belt, and, you know, let's fight. If I, if I get to keep it, let's fight again. So I like Jan waiting for that, but of course, yeah, there's there's Magomed and Anthony Smith. I'm with you, though. Like, Jan Blachowicz is still a more exciting, bigger name, and so unless either of those two do something, you know, against each other, do something so crazy and spectacular to, to jump ahead of a uh, Jan, you know, I think it's, it's, it's going to be Jan's title shot next. Um we'll see of course when Glover faces Jerry, but uh it makes me a little nervous when someone who's already you know, you know fighters don't usually like to look ahead, right? Or they say they don't like to look ahead. So Glover's already looking ahead and, you know, fingers he's, crossed. <laughs>
0: they're counting the a couple of chickens before they've hatched. Yeah, kind yeah, of deal.
1: Exactly, yeah. But in um, any case, he's right.
0: I talked to Sabina Mazo, who's spent time over there in Connecticut with Glover. Said, you know, you listen to him talk; he's just so focused. So, I will say there's a couple people with good heads on their shoulders for this. I think Glover's one of them, but I completely get what you're saying. Um, to talk about the just the next one. So obviously there were quite a few finishes. Ryan Span, uh, Superman taking out the Hulk. First off, I love it. I was actually slightly disappointed that Jan Kutulaba didn't come out with his Hulk walkout. Or sorry, Hulk weigh-in. Because mm-hmm. I think that would have been priceless given the given the context. But um, yeah, you know what? Just solid finish. We know Kutulaba comes out like a freight train in that first round. And Ryan Spann with another nice finish. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, that was a heck of a submission. It was... You know, Ryan Spann has long arms and just strong, strong, strong grip. There, he he wrapped. He was in a little bit of trouble. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yanku was kind of having his way with with Ryan Spann, and he Ryan Spann found that opening. You know, Tulaba uh, thought he was progressing on like an advantage, and he whiffed really hard with the punch, left his neck right out there. Span jumped on it, one arm guillotine and the I don't you know I couldn't really tell in the replay if it was Kutilaba who threw the weight forward and caused them to fall or if it was Span pulling both of them down but once they hit the canvas it was like an instant tap I think uh, Kutilaba's neck was being squished hard in you know the direction you don't want it to go and um, it was an impressive finish for Ryan Span. Uh, Yeah, you feel a little bit for Kutalaba because he was doing well and it seemed like he was the better all-around fighter, but he just got himself in a bad spot and got finished hard.
0: Yeah, I think that Span with this one, you know, let's start having that conversation, you know, let's talk about, um, what's it called, uh, like Jamal Hill. I think that Span and Jamal Hill would be a great fight considering Jamal coming off the win over um, Johnny Walker. So I think that there's just a lot of good stuff. We could really make some stuff happen here in that light heavyweight division. Obviously, with the title coming up, it's a pretty open game right now. So I really like where we're at at 205. Uh, talking about the other finishes, Davy Grant. Um, I thought he almost got smoker early. And then, you know what? He just wanted to earn his paycheck, stay on the clock a couple more minutes, and finish the job in the third. I liked it.
1: It was impressive, dude. Davy Grant, you know, he came out. And uh, I was watching that fight live with my husband. And I didn't realize, like, I missed the uh, tail of the tapes. So I didn't realize that he was, you know, not that he's that old, but 36, right? You know, you're uh, you're not technically or necessarily considered to be in the prime. But he looked so good. He was so fast and aggressive. I love the ferocity with which he came out to fight. Luis Smolka in that first round. Just killer. It made me think of Valentina Shevchenko. You know, she throws everything with heat. This guy was swinging, kicking hard. A lot of body shots, a lot of leg kicks. Round two, he came back, and it was a little bit like, okay, you know, Smolka's uh, able to, to spin things around. And, and I thought, that maybe Smoke. I was thinking, you know, these Hawaiian guys are so tough. You can never count them out. But, of course, Davy Grant continued to beat up that leg, and Dominic Cruz says, hey, uh, Smolka better watch out, that leg kick, and ba-bam. Bam. One leg kick too many. Smolka drops. It was strange the way he fell. Like he almost just fell flat on his on his face and didn't try to 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 get into a defensive position immediately. And that was that was enough for Davy Grant to jump on him. I think he knocked him out with like an uppercut on the canvas. It was pretty vicious, man. Davy Grant is a heck of a fighter. I'm looking forward to seeing how he progresses in the bantamweight division because. To me, that, that was his best performance. That was very impressive.
0: No, I'm with you there. And then Manuel Torres getting that first round finish, I believe it was, on Frank Camacho. Uh, that was just some nice, good, simple and clean violence. I was yeah. here for it. Um, <laughs> I can't remember if he got the finish, I believe so, but or not the finish, the bonus. Um, I have to go back and look at that. But uh, yeah, that was another nice one. Uh, Kaitlyn Trikagian. Four-fight win streak now, very fun fight with Amanda Hibas. I thought that Amanda, you know, she was just throwing everything in the kitchen sink and it just made Caitlyn work. Yeah. Caitlyn, I will say I was impressed. I think that she used just her size and her, um, just uh, her technicality on the feet. She's She knew she was the longer fighter, cleaner striker, and really that's what won the day. Uh, defended well. She talked about it. She didn't expect to get taken down. She said she drilled it, and oh, uh, you get taken down. But I thought she avoided taking heavy damage on, when she was on the bottom. Won those exchanges on the feet. Um, and and this one now, you know, she's beaten Cynthia Calvillo, Antonina, obviously Amanda. Now this is a pretty uh, you know, this is one of the more marquee fights on the card. And I think for Caitlyn, I got to say this, and I know you have your thoughts about her. And I like that she's taken that approach. She's not coming out here saying, look, I know you guys aren't, you know, hopping over fences, starting riots to get me a title shot in another fight with Valentina. Yeah, I think she's having good call outs. I like the man and I I always mess it up, man and Fiora. I know it's spelled FIORO. Fiora. I, I am sorry for any of our French listeners. Please yeah. feel free to send me a voice memo and I got you. Um, <laughs> but look, um, I think the thing about Manon is that she is a new contender. And what I appreciate from Caitlin is that she is okay ending the hype and just getting fights. Because it's not about, let me take the Sean O'Malley approach. Let me... Uh, take the Gregor Gillespie approach. Uh, No, she's saying, look, give me these girls, and I'll handle it. When I get Valentina, I'll get Valentina, and that'll be the end of that.
1: Yeah. I think that's fair, because you have to... I appreciate that she's being pragmatic about it, and she's a fighter. She wants to fight, you know, and and we've seen Valentina run through the division, and then start over with the next batch of, of opponents, so Chukagin is just happy to keep fighting, winning, and her time will come. That's the right attitude, and I like it.
0: I mean, after Tyler Santos, we're going to be, you know, it could be within striking distance, depending. It
1: could be. I mean, she was the number one contender, I guess, listed ranked one yesterday.
0: Yep, she's still there. She's
1: still right there, man.
0: And then... I believe uh, somebody just called out Alexa Grosso. I got to go back and check the IG story. But like she was talking about it and she said she was game. But um, look, I mean, that sets it up pretty well. I mean, it, it was just a good night of fights. I thought, I, oh, you know, Alexa also said she was down to fight Caitlyn. Okay. I just think that people kind of. You, we like to line up the ducks in a row, right? And I think that we kind of like the idea of Tyler Alexa, then maybe Caitlin versus Manon winner and something like that. So, yeah, the good stuff of flyweight. Uh, I think that we're starting to see a little bit of a, you know, what is what exactly who's got what spot in line. So I think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, anything more to add from UFC World?
1: no no i think we
0: could. then let's talk about bellator on a okay. friday friday afternoon it was about lunchtime um and the big one uh mvp michael Vennipage and logan storley go five rounds and the story of this fight was rounds two through five it was a little bit of lather rinse repeat in one of the more exciting ways possible i, I want to point out but on the feed in the first MVP, he's doing his thing, but you could tell this is still one revving up. Logan hasn't left those big openings, and it's like, okay, you know, he's clearly aware of what MVP is going to do. MVP is taking his time, waiting for Storley to come in. I believe he defended the takedown, but clearly there's still a little more work to do for them to get to impose their will, so to speak. And then rounds two through five, it was a little bit of the same. MVP would land some shots, Logan work for the takedown, gets MVP down, never much in the way of serious damage, like he did all of the right things and so did MVP. He just tried to maintain top top position, stay on him, look for shots, but most importantly, keep MVP down, you neutralize his most dangerous weapons. Okay. MVP defend well, don't get stuck, keep working toward the feet, keep a centri- keep Logan. Essentially, stifle him. Make sure he can't do what he wants to do. All of his effort and energy is spent into keeping you down, not doing damage. MVP, for the most part, executed that very well too. Couldn't get back to the feet. That's essentially what cost him the fight. We go to the judges' scorecards. In the end, a lot of people scored that for MVP. The people in charge of it, though, gave the decision to Logan Storley. He is the new Bellator. Sorry, Bellator interim welterweight champion what are your thoughts
1: well yeah the interesting thing to me was the scott Coker reaction afterwards i feel like that pardon me turned it into a more of a story than it needed to be i thought storley beat mvp despite it being you know a lackluster um, show of entertainment you know if i'm looking at it that way was i entertained no not too much except for the fact that you are watching an mvp fight and so No matter where you are in a fight with MVP, you're always kind of on the edge of your seat because you're waiting for the moment when he can be MVP and do something cool. And he was trying. He did a good job, you know, getting his, his jab in there when he could. But as soon as he threw one too many combinations, either punch or kick, as soon as his feet really moved too much, Storley was right there to catch a leg, take him down. Even in round five, when MVP had a little bit of a good moments in the beginning of the round he tried for a flying knee you know he's in the home crowd he wants to do something cool and then he finds himself pressed up against the cage so it's a classic classic story of a really skilled striker versus a really skilled wrestler somebody's going to get the advantage and in this case it was Storley and and now he's got the belt for it so you know I'm not a huge fan of these kind of fights where someone gets held up against the cage or or you know laid down on top of, um, held down against the canvas. But, you know, this is mixed martial arts again, and so if you can get up or away from the cage, then then you should be able to. Now, MVP did do a good job of stifling more offense from Storley. There was one point a Double G, I don't know if you caught this, where MVP was literally resting on one fist, and Storley had picked up MVP's legs, in the air and he just had one fist on the canvas and that was it it was like a, a magic trick so <laughs> he was using every single muscle in his body to keep himself from getting ragdolled and manhandled he did it but he could never get to the point where he could get the advantage over storley in those positions so i did see the the victory for storley and uh, unfortunately because I, I, I did want to see mvp win but it is what it is and mvp is still one of the most entertaining shows uh, in town
0: I know a lot of people point to the criticism of uh, MVP's matchmaking. I've always said this. I mean, I get what you're saying, guys. I really do. But do you really want to see MVP have to defend takedowns for 25 minutes when he's paired with the Jason Jacksons, Neimans, and other wrestlers ed ruth's of bellator yeah no and nope. you know exa- and look amosov remember amosov's already got a win over logan storley so you knew what he was going to try to do had he shown up this uh, night in london but um i appreciate real quick the acknowledgement of the heroism of uh their welterweight champion and Yuroslav. yeah, yeah I-, I thought that was well done you know it's it, I, I think okay you know what give the man is due publicly i think that's really special and whenever they're ready they're ready but um yeah it, i've seen worse decisions so that's on mvp to do a little more to get out of those positions you know mm-hmm. I, I think of like guys like jose aldo whitaker adesanya like against kelvin gastelum you just gotta really make them work if you get taken down you gotta make it just like When you are that talented, and I think a lot of those guys know and they drill it a ton, is just like, you got to make these wrestlers feel like they are working so hard for something that's not paying off. Because I think that's where your advantages start to come in as the talented strikers. But I think that MVP, for all his effort, he just really couldn't escape Storley. And that's essentially what won the night, even though I do agree that I thought a MVP did the damage more in a bunch of those exchanges on the feet, um. But yeah, Logan Storley leaves Bellator interim welterweight champion. Um, when will he fight again? I'm not even going to entertain that. I mean, I know Amosov said he's doing some training while he's, uh, you know, defending his home, which to me just is. I I mean I don't even know how to put words into it oh. to understand it, but power to him. Um, obviously, best wishes to him to get home. Well, he is home, but, you know, the situation resolves, so he may be safe at home soon. Um, moving forward, uh, you know what? Tough night for Mr. Lyoto the Dragon Machida. Uh, Fabian Edwards gets the job done, stops him. Um, I don't know if I'd say that this is, uh, you know, this is kind of the do or die. I believe that Lyoto is now a free agent, but... I think about the Eagle FCs of the world, the PFLs of the world. I feel like if Lyoto wants to try to, you know, compete one more year or just some, make something happen late this year, I would highly just encourage it. But it, it was kind of tough to watch that and not be like, you know, it's just um, he, he had a great run and just leave it at that, you know.
1: I agree. You know, you know me. I love me some Machida, some Lyoto. But I also just felt like, okay, and I, he he has much said so. I think it was before the fight. Um, you know, I've already done everything that that you can do in an MMA career. What more do you could you could you want? And so at this stage in his life uh, and MMA career, it's just like, do what you enjoy. If you want to keep fighting, okay. But also, you don't need to take damage like this. You don't need to be getting knocked out cold for what. Purpose is there money to be had? Eagle FC, as you said, PFL. Yeah, of course there is. But yeah, I think the world would also be okay if you just called it a night and we could just enjoy your highlight reel and you know walk off into the sunset. So I'm okay with I'm okay with either scenario. Um, you know, fighting for a little bit longer and the right promotion against the right opponents, or just calling it calling it a career.
0: Yeah, and I will say like. I think Eagle is one because, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like he might get more, uh, I'll say, relative matchmaking just mm-hmm. for d- the way they're building their shows recently. I would say the PFL Light Heavyweight division, while he would bring the name value, they're they're crushing it, you know, re- you know yeah. relatively speaking. So uh, I want to acknowledge that. But I do think that there are fights for him to be had if he chooses to stick around a little bit maybe Leoto versus jake paul i mean why not
1: oh you know what with
0: the uh-huh. movement
1: <laughs> i put my money on anderson for that one
0: me too but still, but still. this is it we're, hey we're, we're not talking about silver we're talking about Leoto. by the way <laughs> anderson remember he was supposed to box on saturday that's right and uh the the day before the event is uh, you know postponed. I don't know if they did confirm that it would go on this coming week, but um, yeah, uh, condolences, obviously, the president of the UAE um, passing away, so um yeah, that that when you're having a big event in the country and they literally have a national tragedy uh, 24 hours before, and it's a day of mourning. Uh, I understand things like a boxing event get moved around, so yeah. all condolences to the family and the country over there. Um, moving forward, just uh, we had uh, quite an interesting tidbit of news. Brandon Moreno reportedly going to take on Kai Car France on July thirtieth for the interim title. So yes, it was previously reported the target was possibly Moreno versus Figueroa four. More- Figueredo sorry, has. Uh, Injured, I believe, both hands, at least one. So him getting back in a relatively quick time frame just wasn't going to happen. So now, UFC is moving on. This is a rematch. Moreno won their fight back in 2019, of December of 2019. Since then, it's fought Figueredo, uh three times. Had epic fights, all of them, including winning the title. Car France... He's coming off uh, wins over Rogerio Pantrin. He got the knockout of Cody Garbrandt. And then most recently, he got the decision over Askar Askarov. So it really just becomes one of those cases, Natalie, where I do think that it's going to (sighs) be... I I actually like it. And I'm not going to lie. It feels like the division has actually played out in a way that's actually worked out best for Figueroa Because, okay, you now have Brandon... He gets to he gets a fresh ish fight with Kai. We've they've tried to get Manel Cape back in the cage. Stuff keeps happening. Manel Cape still hasn't fought, I believe I believe he's scheduled for this coming Saturday. I have to double check that and let me look at it right now. But look the, the fact is I know when we had talked about the last one we we're saying okay, you know, it's um the the division is moving around we should have something pretty soon for him and instead it's just like oh okay we you know now we got to we got to wait a bit for that uh resolution instead this time we have possibly you know a a real good sense of the path and i just found it yeah uh, bonterin yeah they do actually fight in june so at the ufc 275 card manel cape will be back so the flyweight pieces are moving, but we get what we didn't want, which was Moreno-Figueredo-4 immediately. What were your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'm actually glad because when we'll the fight after the last one. We said, let's give these guys a break, right? They need to go fight somebody else, come back around to each other. So, we're getting it. And even better here for Moreno and Kaikara France is that it's for an interim title. So, this is like a win-win-win. Even for Figueredo, he gets time to heal without having his title um, stripped. So, I have zero issues here. This is a great result from what could have been a less, a not so exciting, you know, outcome from from the the rubber match. So, look, this is one of those times where the interim title is like, yeah, okay, I get it. I'm okay with this. Let's go.
0: Yeah, I think it's um, look, like good fight, good timing. <laughs> Obviously, the pressure's on Moreno to set up that fourth fight with Figueredo, if that's what we're going to get, but um, I, I, I'll i be honest, I want to see that round robin. I, I know More- it's like your favorite flavor ice cream, you know, it's going to be good, Moreno, Figueredo, yeah, 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 we got it. I kind of want to try something a little new. I want to see Cape in there, I want to see Kaikara France kind of... Really turn that corner and let's see if he could get finally elevate and finally just ascend to that championship level because he's had a few opportunities, runs into guys like Brandon Roival, and now it's like, okay, this is the one. Is he going to be able to make that jump? I think this is going to be the, you know, the real test, so to speak.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Moving on, it's going to be the return of a highly anticipated, highly just very popular bantamweight and character in mixed martial arts the preacher's daughter holly holm taking on top contender katelyn viera and i gotta say natalie this one does feel like um it does feel kind of like do or die for holly and and i do acknowledge she's coming off the win over irena aldana the layoff though is what concerns me because i think that the fact is it's i see you know uh, look she's she was always the veteran because she'd had the extensive boxing career. Taken into the account the layoff. Taken into the account that she's now 40. Taken into the account that Kellen Vieira's 10 years younger. um, All of this is like, look, Holly gets the win. We know how good she's been. We know how good she is in relation to so many of those contenders. She's gotten wins over Aldana. She's fought so-and-so. She's maintained her status as a top three, top four contender at Bantamweight. This is the one, though. She wins this one, and if Juliana Pena still has a piece of UFC, UFC gold, you're getting Juliana Pena. No ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah, that's this,
1: true. I mean, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. Take
0: no, take it. I mean, you well, you
1: know where I'm going. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I agree with you about the the latter part. If she wins, she's gonna and Juliana Pena defends. You know, they're coming to each other. They're gonna meet up. I don't know how, though. I, I don't agree with, the, you know, if Holly Holm loses, that this is sort of a terrible position for her to be in if she loses. Holly Holm is one of these weird, it's like an anomaly in the women's division, MMA, UFC division. Like, she's done enough great things and been a part of enough great moments. Even, you know, whether it's beating Ronda Rousey or losing to, to Misha Tate, like, there are these really significant moments that she's a part of, losing to Nunes, fighting for the 145 out, fighting Cyborg. Like she's done all these really great things, and and she's an exciting fighter. She's very likable. I think that her name value is still going to be high even if she loses this fight, um, because because of all that stuff that I just laid out. Now. Beating Irene Aldana at the time, that was t- October 2020, I really thought Irene Aldana was going to was gonna have her her way with Holly Holm. But Holly Holm, that's when I saw that, oh, my God, she really rededicated, rebuilt herself. And she came back and beat a really, really skilled boxer. So the layoff and the age. I think the age for Holly Holm only is not an issue. The layoff. Yeah, she had some injuries, but she wouldn't come back if she wasn't ready to come back. I don't think anyone is focusing as much or being as dedicated to this fight life as she is. I really do have faith that she's going to be able to show us that she's still an amazing competitor and someone to to be um to watch out for. All that being said, I'll toss it back to you for the for the setup of this actual matchup, but but I'm not worried about Holly Holm just yet.
0: What I will say is that she's almost been helped a little bit because you thought maybe Aspen Ladd was going to be a breath of fresh air. Aspen lost to Raquel Pennington, who's lost twice to Holly. So, you know, Irena Aldana, whenever she gets back, she, she's struggled uh, since beating Yana, I believe, last July, just to get back into the cage, injuries and everything else, keeping her out. So it's all about timing, right? Yeah. And... Right now, this helps Holly. The second these girls come back, it, suddenly that timing starts to feel like, hey, you know, it, there's a, now that there's a new person in charge, you a know, new sheriff in town, the entire city's been a little flipped around in terms of the rankings and who could be actually next. With that said, you gotta show respect to Caitlin Vieira. So, you talk about 2018... Undefeated, 10-0, and 0, probably going to get a title eliminator against someone like uh, Yana Kunitskaya and just, like, set up a, you know, get the next title shot. Someone new for Amanda Nunes. Hurts her knee, comes back, gets knocked out by Irene, uh, beats Sarge, loses to Yana, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And now she picks up her biggest career victory last year against Misha Tate. And we talked about that fight. I think the only thing was that she was very good, but she it wasn't that she her skills couldn't get the finish, it just seemed like her decision making she just played a conservative yeah. in a fight that she was running away with on the scorecards. Okay. I think that the thing about Ketlin, she's got a lot of those X factors. Very big for the weight class, very strong, fast, well rounded, good striking, good grappling. All of those things you need to take out a veteran at this particular juncture. I think when you consider the strength of that back-to-back beating Misha, beating Holly, she's very aware that this could be her shot at either Amanda or Juliana. So I know that she's taking this one seriously. That's a plenty tall enough mountain for Holly Home. Now, going back into it, Holly, like your Frankie Edgar... Like a lot of these veterans, you know exactly what you're going to get after this many years in the game. She's got the cardio for five rounds, knows how to use her reach, knows how to use those sidekicks to keep you at bay, great shot selection, um, decent uh, takedown defense. I think that this is going to be a fight. It comes down to the physicality and the you know just the efficiency of Caitlin Vieira. I think that you got to talk about the shot selection. you got to be able to get in her face a little bit. But if you are struggling to catch up to her, you can't just be blowing your arms out, trying to chase her down, winging punches, obviously walking into things as you're trying to close that distance. I think that for Ketlin, pick your spots, rip away with leg kicks, make her feel... The, just make her feel that in her legs and calves. Make Holly feel that long layoff make her feel 40 years old if you can <laughs> wow. i think all of that is gonna that's what you got to do because if you're just gonna sit there in the middle of the octagon and hope that you're gonna fight this nice mid-range kickboxing battle with someone who's done this against the best in the world that's probably not gonna go your way if you're ketlin so i think that it's about getting her face pick your spots to do it and search forward and she should in my opinion have a great advantage of winning that kind of fight she struggles to do that, and you know exactly what Holly's gonna do, and she's got all the weapons to run away with it. So, I'll toss it to you. I that's,
1: know that's you. Great, are, man. I know you
0: are very fond of Holly Holm. So I'm gonna I, toss it. What do you mean, glass half full? I spelled out exactly how Holly could win. Uh, you want the truth?
1: Forty. Like as a forty-year-old,
0: <laughs> I'm. To, hey, you okay? But you're a different, forty. You're like forty going on thirty-one. Holly is Holly has been fighting for how many years she's been boxing (laughs) she's been kickboxing she's been MMA fighting I'm sorry Holly's been in the game so long they got tired of waiting for her her to retire and they're putting her in hall of fames while she's still fighting oh I said it (laughs) wow Okay. that's how you know you've been around too long it's because they're putting you in hall of fame they're not even waiting for you to call it a day yet
1: they're like uh if you feel like retiring you can i swear they
0: could have done it for tom brady this summer but he decided
1: he wanted one more you get what i mean i get what you mean i get what you mean <laughs> That still burns. I, I got to
0: say, I got to say, you know what? I felt like we didn't give uh, Katelyn enough respect last year when she fought uh, Misha. Uh, yeah, I want to give her her respect. This girl kicks butt. She is a live dog in this fight to win, you know, to shock the upset and get that W over Holly. It's she a pick-em fight.
1: <clears throat> okay. She does kick butt. And she is big for the division. And, and so this is the perfect opponent for her. Holly Holm has fought at 145 against Chris Cyborg a 145-pound Amanda Nunez, a 145 remainder enemy. so she can handle the size. She's aware. She knows what to do. Holly Holm is just super smart, super smart and committed to the game plan. Whatever that game plan is, whatever coach has told her to do, she's going to stick to it. She has great footwork. She's always going side to side, side to side. Great counterpuncher. She's not going to get suckered into a brawl. She's not going to get, uh, you know, confused by some kind of feint or uh, a a forward rushing attack, she's going to just circle out and reset, circle out and reset. Sometimes that means her fights, or there's rounds in in a fight of hers that isn't very exciting, right? Think about Betch-Cohea, but then all of a sudden, ba-bam, head kick knockout. Now, uh, Caitlin Vera, I don't think that's going to be so easy to come by, but I think Holly Holm is just going to play it smart, a little bit safe, and I think because of that, she's gonna win by decision. She's just gonna outpoint her a little bit, little one point at a time, one shot at a time, and that's gonna be how she wins.
0: And she's gonna look thirty-one while doing it, yeah. <laughs>
1: hey, that's that's for us to see uh, uh, next on Saturday. We'll see. All
0: right, that's very fair. Um, you know what? I, I gotta say, the physicality to me, it's gonna come down to takedowns and leg kicks, similar to what we just saw with Rakic and Blahovic. I think that Ketlin's physicality, she knows exactly what she wants to try to do against Holly. It's just a matter of executing it. And I think that for Holly, I think that she's going to need to pull out a little bit of that magic. Like we saw against Megan Anderson. Like we saw against Irene. You got to really be on, what is that phrase? The P's and Q's Mm -hmm. to keep someone with, keep an engine like Ketlin off of you. She could do that. Obviously, she's ready and I'm ready to see her fight. Um, Juliana would be really epic because I know they were scheduled to fight. You know that's got to eat away at Holly. Had to pull out of a fight with Pena. Pena goes on to upset Amanda Nunes and everything else. You know Holly has to be thinking of that. I think that would be epic. Um, Holly, Amanda too. I mean, at this point, why not? So, uh, it's a big one. That being said... I think that this is the perfect storm for Caitlin Vieira. I think that leg kicks, takedowns, lather, rinse, repeat. She could get this one done. I'm going to go uh, decision for Katelyn.
1: OK. All right. Yes.
0: So Wish we will went. see. I'm not <laughs> going to lie. I got a little uh, pumped up there. but um, <laughs> Like I said, this is a really good one. It's uh, going to be a real good test for both women next week natalie can you believe it we very recently we had two bellators a pfl a one championship and a ufc and i feel like boxing was in there too that week and now next week we got nothing
1: mm, well wow.
0: uh, okay so like what do they call the b- first break after spring break it's like oh. it's not summer vacation so it's like you know spring spring break was right you know like if you think about if you went to school it's like okay it's right before the spring semester spring quarter spring part of the year in high school so yeah i'm gonna just call it you know uh the early summer break it's not Mm -hmm. summer vacation a pre-summer break yeah. yeah i think the summer holiday (laughs) <laughs> but, yeah, the fact is, um, no major MMA. We'll be back. We'll talk about the news. We'll break down cards. We'll see who gets announced, who gets moved around. If it is really slow and everyone takes a vacation, maybe we'll bring back revisiting a classic card. So, we'll have plenty to talk about for you guys. Sounds good. Until then, thank you for listening. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. We'll be back next week.